Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm literally thinking about a promotion. And for me, the one of the caves, not necessarily that I feared, but maybe just that I avoided, was like, I really need to keep a more consistent communication cycle of feedback. Hey, like you're doing a great job, doing awesome. I need to keep a more consistent feedback schedule with the team in order to move us to these higher and higher levels that we're trying to achieve at this point. The cave you fear hides the treasure you seek. What's happening, beautiful people? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Build Your Gym Fire podcast. You're in the right place for your personal trainer, gym owner, box owner, looking to grow your gym, grow your business in ways that you, your team, your community, the people you serve, and not least importantly, your bank account are going to feel absolutely awesome about. It's another quickie of a solo episode. Mark Connor and I just got done with an incredible mastermind meeting, probably the best meeting I've been doing masterminds now as a member and then as a client for probably closer to 15 years than 10 years. I'm kind of aging myself here. You can see all the gray hair in there probably at this point. And it was one of the best meetings I've ever been a part of. Really impressive group of people really impressive group of gym owners that came in to work together and really address kind of the biggest concerns that they had in their business. And one of the recurring themes for the weekend was, and you guys know Mark, and at this point, he's you know too far away from me to beat me up. He tends to quote himself a little bit. But he says, he sort of repeated over and over to say, hey, the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. And I think it may be like a little bit of a master Yoda thing, right? The cave you fear. I think it's completely applicable to gym ownership. And for me, I've seen this pattern kind of repeat itself over and over in all the businesses I've been a part of, from the gym business to the multiple gyms and taking my first leap there. And then now even in the agency and kind of coaching space, it's been sort of the same repeating pattern. And if you're listening to this show, there's probably a lot of these fears, a lot of these caves that you've entered you sort of taken the treasure from and now you're like, all right, I've got some treasure. And then you sort of have to find more difficult and scarier and scarier and scarier caves. So if you're a gym owner at some point, you probably you know, trained your first client. You had to ask for that initial sale. You had to, maybe you were at a big box gym and then you had to branch off on your own. So you had to, you know, take that leap and enter that cave. You had to then get your own prospects and get some referrals. Ask for a referral, God forbid. Ask for a sale, get someone to train with you for you as opposed to the fancy, big, crazy equipment that you were training out of ages ago, right? Maybe you had to conquer the cave of, hey, I'm going to do some paid marketing, right? I'm going to put myself into an arena that frankly is way more difficult to sell in. You may have had to have taken the leap of hiring that first employee, hiring that first trainer so that for the first time, your business was not necessarily driven solely by the experience that you were providing to your clientele. And that can be a really scary, like butt puckery type thing. And while frankly, we could probably spend multiple episodes talking about the, each of those individual caves. One of the things that's top of mind on my to-do list right now that I've been dealing with and, and seeing as we sort of move into this next tier is that one of the most like challenging, uncomfortable caves for us to enter as business owners and leaders is to give quality feedback to our team, which sometimes means having really difficult, tough conversations with folks that frankly, you probably like a lot that you probably think a lot of. And what's interesting is I've sort of been like beat over the head with this recently. I went to a, a really big agency event that people paid thousands and thousands of dollars for. There's eight figure entrepreneurs and, and, and a couple of nine figure entrepreneurs up on the stage. And one of the recurring themes was just this idea like, hey, like just so you know, training up your team or managing your team, that's not a quarterly review does not equate to managing your team. And, and speaking from a place of experience, I shared a story at the event where one of really like our top employees. And the only reason I'm saying not one of my top, top, top guys is because at this point we have a really, really awesome crew in our gym member machine sponsored by gym member machine agency business that it gets hard to call these folks the top because they are just incredible in each of their own individual departments and areas. But one of the guys that really, you know, he was the, he was honestly like one of the first caves. This feels kind of weird to say this gentleman was one of the first caves that I had to enter to take our business to the next level. But he was actually the first hire that we made in this business because I'm such like an absolute maniac about our client experience and the results and experience of what our clients receive in the agency business and obviously in this gym business. But that's 
I get the help of Mark and Connor with those guys. The twin left guards make it really easy to do that for the Gympire Mastermind. But in the agency, I was so terrified and such a, like, honestly, like I said, a fucking maniac about, hey, how do we make sure that we're taking care of every single person that comes into our universe that it took me about two years to make the decision to finally bring somebody on to work in this business. It was actually somebody that I'd been partnered with in one of our gyms that is just an amazing, fantastic human. And he's incredible at the job. So, you know, our churn was already really, really healthy. But for the past a little over two years now, since we started really dialing it in and tracking it, we've been at about 2% churn for the past two years. Now, to give context of that, in the agency space, the average churn, depending on where you get your data from, is about 33%. So the average agency will get fired in about you know two months and change or three months, depending on where you get your data from. Our churn for a little over the past few years has been at about 2%. There were people at this really high, crazy eight-figure agency type event last year that were on stage bragging about their customer experience, talking about 15% churn, one five, right? Which if you do the math on that, that means their average client sticking around about six months, seven months and change. And I'm looking at ours and like, holy shit, like what are we doing that's so incredible? And so much of it comes down to the, again, the give a shit factor, not just for everybody on the team, but in particular, this key guy that was like, akin to make the joke, the first cave that I had to enter in order to really be okay, taking my ego kind of down a peg and saying, all right, you know what? I trust that there's someone here that can do the job at least as good as I can. And honestly, like he frankly does the job fucking better than I do. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because as a high D entrepreneur, and to give really quick context on that, high D on the disc profile, D-I-S-C, I think Tony Robbins bought it. There's a bunch of free tests that you can do online that will give you your disc profile. So I'm a very high D. So that's D-I-S-C. And the D is basically the doer, the driver, the dick, if you want to call it that. And the joke about D's is like, you know, the wife goes and tells the D husband and says, you know, hey, honey, you never tell me you love me anymore. And the husband says, well, you know, I told you on our wedding day, I'll let you know if it changes. And fortunately or unfortunately, I feel like a lot of D's and there were a couple of other D's in the room. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a dick. It just means that you've sort of got this like driver, doer, what's the next thing kind of communication and operating style. There were a couple of other D's in the room that really resonated with the idea like, oh shit, like, yeah, like I kind of operate uh, with my team like that. And a lot of times the only time I'm having a conversation with my team is when stuff is going bad, when they've done something wrong. And so the irony, and again, there's a reason for this extended story. The irony of this is that really the business was doing so incredible with churn. And this guy was such a key component of it. And we had sort of skipped a quarterly review. We had pushed it back a few weeks. We got on finally. And this guy that I was like, basically getting ready to have a promotion conversation with was like, man, to be honest with you, like I was kind of worried I was about to get fired. And I cannot tell you how shocked I was because the conversation was literally going to be the opposite of that. And I think it's instructive as a business owner to see that and say, man, I have someone who I think is doing absolutely incredible that is sitting there thinking that they're going to get fired, probably anxious about their jobs, so on and so forth. How awful of a leader am I? And it sort of hammered home the fact that, look, a quarterly review does not equate to good management of your team. And for so many of us, like if you have a goal of going past that like solopreneurship one gym, you're probably doing a lot of the training, you're probably doing all the sales, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to free the founder and fire yourself from some of the different jobs that maybe aren't your unique ability or aren't the things that you really you know, love doing, et cetera, et cetera, then you're going to have to have a team that does a great job for you. And in order to have a team that does a great job for you, you're going to have to give your team some feedback and sometimes have tough conversations. And I guess I'm giving you this as a bit of a cautionary tale that if you're not having conversations with your team, even those that are doing incredibly well, they could be almost incredibly demoralized and frankly, like not feeling very good about working with you if 
I'm sitting here with a person that is basically driving a department that is keeping our agency to 2% churn, which is like, we need to be on the stage, like type industry average, absolutely unheard of. I have someone that's basically leading that charge, doing a world-class, literally a world-class job that is sitting there thinking, man, like I thought this conversation like might've been like, oh, I'm at risk of being fired. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? I'm literally thinking about a promotion. And I think for me, the one of the caves, not necessarily that I feared, but maybe just that I avoided was like, gosh, I really need to keep a more consistent communication cycle of feedback. Hey, like you're doing a great job, doing awesome. I need to keep a more consistent feedback schedule with the team in order to move us to these higher and higher levels that we're trying to achieve at this point. And he said, well, okay, look, I just got to tell my team, like, fine, like, this is super profound. I need to tell my team they're doing a good job. So it's not just that. And I think hopefully for some of you, you said, well, yeah, I need to tell my team you're doing a good job. Good. I'm going to put a calendar reminder in and it's going to be fantastic. However, the other side, the inverse is also true. And the issue that we've saw with a handful of these gym owners that were coming to the meeting was that a lot of their, number one, they sort of hesitated in not all of them, because some of them were very high D and very good at having the negative conversation. But some of them basically were like, well, yeah, I'm like, maybe I do an annual review of my team. Or if something goes bad, maybe I'll mention it uh, every once in a while. A lot of times we just like, I'll just wait and see if it gets better because I got other things to worry about. And I think the the, the sin, right, the, the real mistake there is in the other bigger things that I have to worry about. Because here's the deal, the value of the feedback and the impact that feedback has decreases the further away you get from the actual event that occurred to sort of warrant the feedback. And so the example that I give a lot of times, you think about like dogs, right? And so I forget where I heard this from. I don't know if it's something I came up with or not. I have done some dog training in the past, yay. But if you think about dogs, right? Like if you go off to the gym all day and you've got a dog at home, the dog like takes a shit on the floor. Well, you come back and maybe you get frustrated with the dog. Well, the dog shit hours ago, right? The dog isn't saying, oh, I took a shit on the floor. I should totally be improving my behavior. This is why my owner's mad at me. No, the dog's saying like, I was just super excited to see you and you're getting here pissed off at me. Maybe I associate you or being excited to see you or whatever it is with the negative feedback. Now you say, well, is our team, like our team's not a dog. They're going to understand a little bit better. Yes, maybe. But also the further away you get from the action that occurred to warrant the feedback, the less the person actually remembers and the more time there is for interpretation. And so what I want to encourage you to consider is if you catch something happening in your business that is both good and bad, right? You catch somebody on the team that is, you know, cleaning the gym really well, right? They did an incredible job, like setting up, following the SOP, whatever it is. Then like, I would call that out the first, the moment you notice it. And I would attempt to create a culture of other people on the team get out the moment they notice it. On the same token, if you catch somebody that is maybe, you know, not as attentive as they should be in a session, you know, the trainer's kind of walking around and they're a little bit lower energy, then I would be pulling that trainer aside after the session, obviously, where we're not going to embarrass them in front of the you know, clients and whatnot, I'm going to pull that trainer aside and talk to them about that situation and have the difficult conversation, give them the feedback so that number one, they remember it. And number two, they are able to move on it sooner than later. And look, if people on your team can't handle having a tough conversation, negative feedback, then maybe they shouldn't be on your team. However, I would also sort of give you a, a bit of a counterpoint here. If the only interaction that you are having with somebody is when they do something wrong, well, let me put it this way. How many relationships, personal relationships, would you stay in if the only, only interactions you have with that person are them telling you how stupid you are, how bad you're doing at whatever the job is that you're doing, how awful of a person you are. They're just negative interactions. So if those are the only interactions you're having with that relationship in your personal, you're probably going to leave the relationship. And the same thing goes for your team. So if the only interactions you're having with these individuals are negative interactions, 
and maybe you've just got like that tendency. I've got a little bit of that D tendency in me, if you will. Those trainers are not going to stick around no matter how well they're being paid. And so I would encourage you, if you want to be a business owner leader and not just kind of stay stuck in solopreneur land for ages, one of the caves you may have to enter is really giving great feedback to your team. When I say great feedback, it's not all going to be positive, right? But giving timely, constructive, which can sometimes be positive and negative, things to move towards and things to move away from, giving timely feedback to your team can really be the key, right, to the treasure that you're seeking in your business, to really being able to have a team that is high-performing, that's consistently delivering on what your expectations are, that knows what's your, what your expectations are, because the other sin that we see in sort of this business management thing. And again, this is like very much a pot meat kettle situation. This is not my default operating system. That's why I have to focus on it to the point where I literally like on my annual goals, I almost don't want to tell my team this, but on my annual goals, I have like, I need to give this many pieces of SPF specific positive feedback every single week. And I have it in my calendar. Like I need to give specific positive feedback, like catch people on the team doing things the right way. Because honestly, if I look back on my time, as a, as a gym owner, right? When I was just young pup, like hiring people, it's like, man, it probably did suck to work for me. Right. And I have a lot of negative stories about those original, that original sort of foray in entrepreneurship and, and leadership as a, as a manager, business owner, if you will. But man, if I'm honest with myself, like it, I probably like shit to work for. And I probably to a certain extent, like still am, I'm actively working on getting better. But if you are someone who is like me, you kind of only catch people doing things the wrong way, or maybe you think like, all right, like, Maybe they did this wrong, but like I'll address it in the quarterly review. We'll handle it then, whatever it is. Man, I think you're going to make your life way better if you can sort of start to train yourself on having those quality conversations with your team, both when they're doing things wrong and when they're doing things right. And the nice thing about catching people doing things right, that specific positive feedback, SPF, that I've had sort of beat over my head, like I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. If you can handle doing that and make that a consistent practice of what happens as a part of your business, then guess what? that person is going to be infinitely more receptive to the negative feedback that may come if and when they do something wrong, right? Because there's a little trust there. It's all right. Like you're not just being an asshole. You're not just catching me when I do things wrong. You also catch me when I do things right. And so if you can sort of layer this conversation in a way that makes sense to me, like I can totally take this negative feedback and move towards something positive, then it becomes your job that once they fix the thing, also try to catch them doing the inverse, doing the positive side of the equation. And I think you're going to have a more motivated team. I think you're going to have a more bought-in team. You're going to have a team that's happier. You're going to have a team with a healthier culture. You're going to have a team that sort of gets used to catching each other, doing the right things the right way. And then frankly, that's not afraid of calling each other out when folks are doing things the wrong way. And I think it just creates a more positive, almost like this flywheel of business performance with your team because you're willing to enter the cave and have those difficult conversations and allow yourself to say, you know what, like, Maybe I feel like some of this stuff is like a little airy-fairy, a little weak, a little hippie, whatever the heck it is you want to call it. Look, as someone who kind of grew up in that culture of like hardcore gym owner or whatever, like, you know, football, locker room, da, 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 all those things. Personally, I cannot recommend giving timely, constructive feedback, good and bad. And if you're like me, you may need to sort of emphasize, overemphasize the good so that when you do give the bad feedback, the tough feedback, it's actually received and not like in one ear out the other because you're just consistently an asshole. I think your business is going to be much happier for it. And so I hope this maybe resonates with some of you. Some of you may be dealing with kind of the same cave that I'm dealing with as a manager and leader right now. If this is helpful, I'd love to hear it. Drop it in the comments, leave a five-star review, something nice. You know, sometimes we as business owners could use the specific positive feedback as well. So I hope this is helpful. We'll see you with the twin left guards next week. Love hugs. Have a great one. Talk soon.